0: And thank you for joining us here on another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Former Minnesota Congressman Colin Peterson addressed the recent U.S. Meat Export Federation Spring Conference in Minneapolis last week. Now, the upcoming farm bill was a big topic of conversation, and he said negotiators reaching an agreement by the September 30th deadline is a possibility, but not a deal breaker.
1: They could. I'd be surprised. But September 30th is not a drop-dead date. Nothing actually happens that day that's going to cause any significant problems. I think they probably have till the end of the year to try to get something done. If it doesn't get done by the end of the year, I think it'll probably get extended. They do a one-year extension, and then it's an election year. I wouldn't be surprised if you do a one-year extension, you end up with a two-year extension.
0: He talks about what a potential one- or two-year extension of the current farm bill could mean for agriculture.
1: It depends on where you're from. One of the things people are focused on is these reference prices. Well, the 10% reference price increase is $20 billion. I think corn goes to $4 or something, and soybeans goes to $9 and something. So they're not gonna trigger. We spend $20 billion, and for us in the Midwest, we get nothing out of it for the first two or three years, according to the projections. In the South, that's different. So rice has got a significant problem. We raised their reference price last time to fourteen fifty, and now they say they need $16 to break even. But rice is a small crop, so we can do that. Peanuts is a small crop we can do that. Cotton, they don't have as big a problem, but they want in on the deal. They're expensive. So that whole reference price issue, I just think in terms of the overall situation, there's a lot of money for not that much good. In the Midwest, that money would be better spent on crop insurance.
0: A big question about the increased cost for the next farm bill is where the funding will come from.
1: I don't see anything being successful in terms of trying to cut existing programs, especially that are under mandatory spending. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm trying to support this idea that they're going to get additional money. I just don't know where it's going to come from. Say they cut some area outside of agriculture. There's so many other people that want money. I think it's hard to believe that they're going to cut money in some other area and transfer it to agriculture without somebody else
0: complaining. Peterson says there are a lot of legislators on the Ag Committee that have never voted on a
1: farm bill before and who need some education on agriculture. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. They haven't voted against it. There's just a lot of education that needs to be done. I mean, we have a in the House on the Democratic side, you've got 11 freshmen that are on the committee. Obviously, they have never been involved in this. Half of them don't have a whole lot of agriculture in their district. So there's just a lot of education that needs to be done. And frankly, on the Republican side, back in the old days, they had very strong ties to agriculture on the Republican side. That's not the case so much. Even on their side, they don't have solid ag background as they used to. So it's a different world. And again, that is former Minnesota Congressman Colin
0: Peterson speaking last week at the U.S. Meat Export Federation Spring Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota. In other news of agriculture, the U.S. Department of Agriculture is extending the deadline for the Emergency Relief Program Phase 2 and the Pandemic Assistance Revenue Program to July 14th. To give producers more time to apply for assistance, the original deadline was coming up here at the end of the week on June 2nd. Additionally, USDA's Farm Service Agency is partnering with nine organizations to provide educational and technical assistance to agricultural producers and provide assistance in completing an ERP Phase 2 application. Now, The extended deadline will give producers more time to work with these partner organizations and apply for assistance. FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau says, quote, Farm Service Agency recognizes that there is a learning curve for producers applying for our new revenue-based programs, and we want to make sure producers have the time they need to apply for assistance. Partnering with these organizations through cooperative agreements provides additional educational and technical assistance to producers who may need help with the Emergency Relief Program Phase 2 application process. Now, the deadline extension gives producers more time to locate and work with these organizations to complete their program application, end quote. Now, depending on the producer's location, there are nine different partners uh, that can provide assistance either by phone or through online meeting software like Zoom or Microsoft Teams. The cooperative agreements with FSA, the following organizations are providing the free assistance to producers across the U.S., Alabama State Association of Cooperatives, Farmers Legal Action Group Incorporated, Flower Hill Institute, the Intertribal Agriculture Council Incorporated, North-South Institute, Renewing the Countryside 2, Rural Advancement Foundation International USA, Rural Coalition, and Texas Small Farmers and Ranchers CBO. You can find more information on FSA cooperative agreements and contact information for the nine organizations by visiting the FSA website, fsa.usda.gov, or stopping by your local farm service agency office. And finally, here on today's program, farming is finally in full swing across the Canadian prairie provinces after a slow start to planting season. Cold temps in a mostly dry April and early May caused soil temperatures to stay colder longer than normal. Much of the prairie region saw a decent amount of snowfall replenished soil moisture reserves in parts of Alberta and Saskatchewan, but subsoil moisture in that region continues to be in short supply. Manitoba's in much better shape, but cold temps are also held back planting efforts. Bruce Burnett, director of markets and weather and markets farm based in Winnipeg, says that planting is finally moving at a brisk pace following a cold, slow start.
2: It is later than normal in terms of our spring start up to planting. It depends on the prairies where you are. Some areas have actually started off pretty close to normal. But the early part of the season, which in some areas starts in the last two weeks in April, that was totally lost because of the below normal temperatures. So we are off to a little bit later start. But again, we're making very good progress. So we're going to be catching up quite rapidly.
0: Some southern portions of the prairie provinces received timely rains in the early spring following a fairly snowy winter. But for much of the prairies, March and April were drier than normal. Burnett says that while Manitoba has a good supply of soil, moisture, the specter of long-term drought continues in western
2: Saskatchewan and adjacent eastern Alberta. We have been considerably drier than normal over the last two months. Less than 60% of normal, less than 80% of normal in some areas. We still haven't enough moisture to recharge the subsoil situation, especially in the western growing areas of the prairies. We got some snowed over the winter. That's provided good topsoil, but we're still very dry underneath in parts of western Saskatchewan and eastern Alberta.
0: Now the more northern prairie soils, especially in the Edmonton and Peace River District of Alberta, are not as dry as the southern region, but those regions have been fighting wildfires this spring, which has only increased concerns for farmers. Now Burnett says that recent rain shower events have helped to control the wildfire in central northern Alberta, but that threat continues as the overall region is drier than normal for this time of the year. Last week they had some
2: fairly good conditions after those fires started up. There have been rains into the Edmonton area. That's going to improve the fire situation situation we should probably see some pretty quick planting progress there there is adequate moisture for crops to get going but relatively speaking we're still dry up in those areas
0: and again that's bruce burnett director of markets and weather at markets farm well we're out of time here on american ag today if you have stories for the program you could send them to me via email jesse allen at americanagnetwork.com j-e-s-s-e-a-l-l-e-n at americanagnetwork.com This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.